Ah, hello everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the Maneuver Meta, where I, and sometimes Paul, discuss the evolving meta in Flames of War V4, Late War. I'm Lexi, and I've been playing Flames of War on and off for around 11 years. Well, I've been playing now, I want it to be... Welcome to the Maneuver Meta, where myself and sometimes Paul discuss the evolving meta in Flames of War v4 Late War. I'm Arkin, and I've been playing Flames of War on and off for around 11 years. While I've played on and off, I've collected large American, German, and Soviet armies. At the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic of 2020, I dragged my roommate Paul, kicking and screaming, into the Flames of War community. Let's declare our stance at maneuver and ready our reserves. Welcome to the Maneuver Meta. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, the long overdue episode three of the Maneuver Meta. Uh, today, we're going to be going into the Soviet forces available in version four. Uh, going to be pulling info from two books, Bagration Soviets and Fortress Europe. Uh, a little quick overview, because it's been a while. Um, my stance on the meta is reactive. It's formed around the 116th Greyhound list. Because uh, I expect to see that list at every single event, and lists are being written to deal with that list. So... I have three points that I look at to consider if a list is meta-viable, with kind of a fourth option in the guise of that reactive meta. So the first thing is a 4-plus hit-on rating, which unfortunately the Soviets are going to have issues with this. A careful hit-on rating means that your teams, on average, are getting hit half as many times as aggressive hit-on ratings under combat conditions, which... I count as plus two to hit for either concealment and long range or concealment and gone to ground. Soviets are going to struggle with this because 99% of what's available in the Bagration Soviet book when I was digging through it is three plus hit on. Uh, off the top of my head, the Storm group is the only one that has the four plus careful hit on rating, and you have to take the rifle, hero rifle battalion in order to get that unit, which is interesting and niche, but it's got too many requirements to get it on the table. The second thing for the meta that I look at is discounted or cheap infantry. So the presence of discounted cheap infantry allows you to hold your backline objectives to prevent a flanking objective secured by an opponent. Like, for example, uh, a set of SDK, uh, not KFCs, SD-222 armored cars, just blitzing up the side of the table and taking an objective on turn 3, 4, or 5 because you don't have an infantry unit sitting on that objective. Because infantry are very powerful in the current meta. Uh, and then the other third thing that I look at is a 
presence of cheap AT14. So AT14 is the magic number. As discussed in my previous podcasts, the 116th Greyhound and D-Day British lists have a wide availability of cheap AT14. So this isn't necessarily saying that you need to put AT14 in your list. This is more of what I've discussed previously on the reactive meta. The presence of this cheap AT14 makes it so that medium tanks are not worth it. The average front armor for medium tanks is 6. AT-14 means you have no armor save against that even at long range. The gun rolls to hit and then rolls its averaging 3 plus firepower. This puts people in the situation, or at least I'd hope it puts you in the situation in list writing. You ask yourself, why am I spending 12 points for a platoon of 3 Shermans? They won't get an armor save against AT-14 when I can spend roughly the same amount of points for a platoon of five Stuarts. Flipping it for the Soviets, T-34, T-70, same logic, different tanks. They're half the cost, they still don't get a save, so you're able to take more of them, and the AT-14 doesn't really matter. And the other thing that the presence of AT-14 does with is makes it so that your heavy tanks you have to look at very carefully. So the majority of the heavy armor comes in anywhere between front armor 8 and 10. AT-14 can still do something against them, but at that point you're rolling dice. But the presence of a lot of AT-14 makes me lean more towards the light tank infantry spam option. For example, four IS-2s at front armor 10 would have difficulty withering 16 AT-14 shots a turn, assuming that everyone's able to get on. So if they, even if they don't get on, four IS-2s getting hit eight times a turn, or getting shot at by four guns firing two shots apiece for eight AT-14 shots a turn, even with armor saves, they're eventually going to start whittling down. And so as I said, my fourth sub-point within the reactive meta is some form of brutal to deal with pack front. So similar to what I said at the beginning of this, there's no denying that pack front is powerful and going to be present at any tournament that you're playing at. Odds are, if you run into a German list, you're going to see pack front. And then I can also, and I do make the additional argument that brutal weapons are handy for dealing with dug and infantry as well because you are going to encounter infantry in every single game that you play or i shouldn't say every single game with a mass simplification but having the brutal guns is something that is beneficial even if you're not dealing with pack front but due to the presence of pack front in the meta currently this becomes kind of a sub Point for a meta take apart look into. So the Soviets have two books available to them for version 4, Late War, Fortress Europe and Bagration Soviets. Now, my initial impressions I have with these is 
The Soviet Churchills in Fortress Europe are 3.2 points apiece. That's pretty dirt cheap for Front Armor 8. Uh, the Hiromoto Rifle Battalion has incredible, incredible utility. And green T-34 76s are 3 points apiece, whereas 85 millimeters are 4.3. That makes it difficult, especially when you're looking at pack front at AT-14. So my overall pros and cons looking through all this, a bunch of the pros are pretty much every single Soviet formation that you can run is massive. You could pretty much fill out an entire 105-point list and not even touch the support options. That's very difficult to cause a formation break when, in all likelihood, 80 to 90% of your army is going to be contained within the Soviet within the formation. They do have access to cheap units. This is Soviets. The Commissar motivation is also extremely happy, but... I also have this in here kind of as a con because it's removable. You kill the commissar, you lose the bonus. It's not just a flat rule that's always in effect. So the big, big cons that pop up, the biggest one immediately is a relatively universal hit-on rating of aggressive 3+. I could go into this stats-wise for hours and anybody that's listened to my previous podcasts you know that I am a math hammer convert to flames of war when I'm playing the game I'm running the statistics in my head to try and put myself into the best position possible so that if I fail I know that it's because of statistics because there is a chance on a 3+, plus, that I will roll a 1 or a 2. But if I'm in a place where I could have had a 3+, plus roll, but I'm needing a 4, then that's my difficulty, my issue as a player. The 3-plus hit-on, like I said earlier, that is a double hit modifier when the math pulls together in combat conditions. You will be getting twice as many hits on aggressive units than careful units. May not seem like much when you're looking at one or two shots coming at you, but let's go back to our IS-2 example. One hit on an IS-2 versus two to three hits all of a sudden makes a massive difference. One hit, you have a relative chance of, okay, even if this guy gets bailed or knocked out, we're not going to have that many issues. I still got three tanks left if you're running a four-tank unit. But when those numbers start adding up together, that's when models start popping and becoming smoke smoke piles. That doesn't mean there isn't a way to work with aggressive three-plus armies which I'll go into uh, a little bit later here. Uh, but some of my other cons that I have is, across the board, their units are relatively short-ranged. They don't really have the sniping capabilities that other armies have. The other huge one that I notice is there's no smoke ammunition. The only way that you can get smoke 
is from a three-point command card called Under the Cover of Smoke. Which makes it so that you have a smoke screen the first two turns of the game, but that's difficult because it happens in the pregame portion. So it's not something reactive that you can dump on turn three, four, or five, or uh, reactively covering a screen from an ambushing unit. Uh, then one of the lesser cons that I've noticed is the only mechanized infantry in this list are reconnaissance companies, and they are very small units. There are some really good pros, but then there are some really, really awful cons in place for Soviet players. So within the meta, I've uh, kind of put together two formations and a quote-unquote dark horse list that I've thrown together. Uh, the first two formations are what I would consider your meta viable lists. And then the Dark Horse one is kind of an out-of-left-field, uh, tailored specifically to deal with uh, pack front. Uh, so the first formation is the Fortress Europe Churchills. Like I said, the Churchills are 3.2 points apiece. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, I'm going to put the unit card up right now. Um, this is the definition of good enough with these stats. So they have the fearless motivation, trained skill, and they are hit on 3 plus aggressive with front armor 8, side armor 7, and top armor 2. They have that 2 plus cross check, they only have an 8 inch tactical move, and then a AT-10 firepower 4 plus no HE gun. With uh, MGs, however, giving four shots apiece at your standard MG ratings. You're able to get an obscene amount of Churchills into a list where you potentially can swarm pack front lists with the front armor 8 going to 9 at long range. The only big downside here is the no HE. You would have to pull support formations or... Um, not formations. You would have to pull divisional support or black box and other units to try and get some form of brutal so that you can deal with killing the back front. But overall, 3.2 points apiece for a tank like this is insane. The other formation that caught my eye within the meta is the Hero Motor Rifle Battalion. This is what I've lovingly dubbed the Never Break Battalion. You have 14 gray box options. Well, 14 total. So, 11 gray box options that you can choose from. Or 11 gray box. Let me rephrase this. 11 gray box slots with some of these slots having two options and then the armor option having four. So the mainstay of this battalion is the Hero Motor Rifle Company. Once again, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to have the graphic on the screen. Uh, they are hit on 3-plus with a 3-plus save, confident motivation, bumping to a 3-plus when the Commissar is active, and then a veteran skill rating with an assault 2-plus for the Motherland special rule. Seven teams with one Commissar's only eight points. That is not that bad at one point per team. 
Your options that you can throw on here are Maxim, HMG teams, and PTRD anti-tank rifle teams to bulk them out a little bit, each of these being up to two for one point apiece. So you can throw a 10-point unit together for 10 teams. That's not bad, especially with the 2-plus assault. One of the things that I feel slips under the radar that I really enjoy with my Soviets is the DPMGs having that halted moving too. So if you pin them, the firepower, or not the firepower, the rate of fire is not degraded the same way that SMGs or other MG companies are. You can move, you can get pinned, it, it doesn't matter. You're putting out two shots apiece per team, which is going to be 14 shots if all seven of them are still alive. Well, technically, uh, 16 shots because the Commissar fires as a DPMG team for some freaking reason. Overall, that's not that bad for a unit. The other options that you have is a decoy tank company. I'm sure if any of you are familiar with Flames of War or the community or the meta, this card has continually come up time and time again because you can take 7-point Panthers. Granted, they are aggressive green rating, but... This fills that slot that was one of the cons that I had with the Soviets when I was doing my pros-cons list where they do not have a long-range, or they have a lacking of long-range fire support options. Three Panthers for 21 points to get six AT-14 shots at front armor nine with a 40-inch range on the table. That fills that slot pretty well. Light tanks... Being able to take a hero light tank company in a gray box option also fills a very nice role, um, especially for the T-70s. They're three points for three bodies. It's an overworked gun, yes, but I'll go further into that with my dark horse option now. Is a hero T-34 battalion. I think this list can have potential because of the light tank option. You're able to put out a fair amount of spam with a hard-to-break formation with the SMG company mortars, anti-tank guns, and M17AA platoons. The thing where this kind of digresses into various options for playstyles that you're wanting to do is your support options. Pulling formation support, you could run some SU tank destroyers. You can run some light tanks. You could even throw in the decoy tank company to get some further long-range firepower. And then your divisional options are the ever-plentiful Soviet artillery, IL-2 aircraft, and your OT flamethrower tanks. The artillery is pretty good across the board. Eight points for either the 122s, the 76mm, or the Katyushas. Not good, but not bad either. The main thing here, like I said, was the lacking of smoke. Uh, the IL-2s are pretty solid as well, very difficult to shoot down, and they have plentiful weapons options. And then the OT tanks are, I want them to be really good because I love flamethrowing KV-1s and flamethrowing T-34s, but they are just a little bit points heavy, especially considering the presence of a T-14. However, um, you can finagle them working if you know how to maneuver with them. With all of this, the biggest cons are the abundance of aggressive 3-plus hit-on ratings. So what this basically means for playing with them is you have 
to use concealment. Getting yourself from a 3 plus to a 5 plus with a concealment at long range will make the difference between having a dead unit and a fighting unit. You have to be able to concealment cover hop moving from cover to cover, which is one of the reasons why I like the T-34s, because the T-34s have that 2 plus cross check with fantastic maneuverability. The T-34s have a tactical 12, terrain 16, cross country 24, and road dash 28, those all being in inches with that 2 plus cross. You have the maneuverability and the cross check. Do not let your opponent get unconcealed shots at you. The light tank options are plentiful, especially in the face of the meta. You know, being able to black box in hero and non-hero options to spam tanks. The hero T70 tank company here is three T70s for three points. The Hero Valentine tank company here, as again putting these up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, three of the two pounders is five points, two of the two pounders and one six pounder is six points. So both of those are only three tanks, so relatively small units. However, we have our T70 tank company and the Valentine tank company with both having options to get up to seven tanks. The seven T70s of regulars are seven points. So the difference between these is the they are still aggressive, their motivation is confident with a last stand of 3+, but their skill is green. And then that's the same with the Valentine Tank Company for the stats, but the 7 2-pounder Valentines is 11 points. And to replace up to half of the Valentine 2-pounders with 6-pounders to put two 6-pound guns into it makes it plus 1 point. The 6-pounder is the exact same gun on the Churchill uh, anti-tank 10 firepower 4 plus 28 inch 28 inch range with a halted moving 2-1 rate of fire. So you have the capability to spam through formation support a lot of light tank options which if you're using a hero motor rifle company your formation is so large you can throw you know 20 30 some odd or 20 25 some odd points into almost almost two dozen light tank bodies. So I, st I feel that the Hiromoto Rifle Company is viable. It is just a much more difficult list to play because you have to be able to know how to move across the table with that 3-plus aggressive hit-on rating. You're able to get a lot of stuff on the table, but if you're not careful, you will lose that very quickly. I'm excited for the Berlin release. I'm going to move into our last section here, which is something that I'm uh, doing for the first time on an episode like this which is where I'm going to um, kind of go over what I'm hoping to see in the next book. So the next Soviet book release is Berlin, which covers the Battle of Berlin and the build-up to it. Um, I would love to see a 4-plus hit on Vets unit, even if it's just uh, like the Engineer Sappers or, you know, making an entire unit out of Storm Groups. I would really like to see a 4-plus hit on so that they can compete at that level while still having the options of the 3-plus hit-on tank companies and regular uh, motor rifle companies. Um, I would love to see smoke shells for artillery. The Soviets very consistently, historically used smoke, and I 
I, I can't say I don't like what they tried to do because the way that the Soviets used smoke was different from the Western Allies. They would do a massive bombardment of positions and then advance up behind it, which they, which Battlefront tried to replicate with the behind the cover, uh, or beneath the, 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 their command card behind the cover of smoke beneath the cover of smoke it's it's something the one that makes it so that your first two turns you have a smoke screen on the field but due to the nature of this being a tabletop game it doesn't translate that well because you have to fire it in the pregame phase and so then that also makes it so that if it's a meeting engagement you don't even get to use that card it's three dead points uh, so i'd love to see smoke shells for an artillery even if it is like a command card upgrade, you know, plus two points for the unit, they gain they gain the following stats. Smoke bombardment, smoke shells for direct fire. I would love that. That would make them definitely viable. Um, and then the last thing that I'd like to see is a... Um, something that I didn't necessarily cover is a better infantry anti-tank presence. The PTRD team is only really viable against armored half-tracks. And the Soviets do have a command card, which I'm going to put up on screen now, for the RPG-6 AT grenades. This gives them an option, but I would love to see Panzerfausts available to more units. When the Germans were retreating through Eastern Europe, the Soviets got their hands on hundreds of thousands of Panzerfausts. They readily deployed them to their front line units because they were a very easy weapon to use. And I would love to see, you know, even if it is veteran units, that this can only be given to X, Y, or Z formations. I would still love to be able to use them with units other than the assault sappers or engineers. But overall, that's, uh, that's my take on the Soviets with where they're at right now in a V4 late war for the meta. On the surface, not viable, but definitely something you could work with if you know how to play the game, know how to work towards the strengths of your armies, especially knowing how to use cover and concealment to make it so it's harder for your units to be hit on. And there is, just within myself, there is something extremely satisfying about deploying an obscene number of infantry and tank teams and just overwhelming your opponent with a grind forward. But that is going to be it for today's podcast. As always, guys, please be sure to like and subscribe if you're enjoying what you're hearing. Um, my TikTok account is one of the main things that I go through on. Uh, I will have a link tree in the description of this video on YouTube. I think I will try to figure out a way for the Spotify podcast listeners to uh, interact with me as well, to be able to find my other profiles and my other accounts. I have a link tree that I will be putting below. Uh, so please be sure to follow me on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. I do daily hobby streak posts, uh, not just for Flames of War, but Warhammer 40,000 and Age of Sigmar as well. That is starting up. I finished a massive commission that was taking up a lot of time. So I'm able to start branching out into other things. And Paul and I are in the middle of a very, very intensive practice grind for Adepticon 2022 at the end of March. Uh, we are both participating in the 74-point Team Yankee tournament. Uh, I'm playing Soviets, he is playing West Germans, and we have been practicing pretty consistently. Uh, every Monday night, I do a TikTok live stream, which is Paul and I playing our lists against each other, me sometimes swapping out my Americans to change up the flavor for him. 
Um, and we do that every single Monday. So if you're a Team Yankee fan and you want to come hang out with us, be sure to check that out on TikTok. And like I said, I'll have the the link in the description for that. And it will when it's called Linktree. It's a wonderful little service that I have where you use that link and it takes you to all of your social media links. So you hit that and it brings up everything. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. All of those links will be there right at your fingertips so that you can find me across all the platforms. Uh, my next Maneuver Meta video is going to be me breaking down the Americans uh, with a look at the Bulge Americans. It might be, I might do it in two sets. I might do a Maneuver Meta and then I might do a Bulge American reaction podcast as well, but we will see where that leads us. All right, guys, so the other new segment that I'm going to be throwing on here at the end is giving a shout-out to all of my patrons. Every single one of you is going to get a shout-out. So right now, I only have 10 patrons active right now. If I continue to get more, this segment's going to slowly become longer. So, without further ado, I want to thank my two generals within Arkans Army here, Paul and Paxton. Thank you guys so much. You are absolutely incredible being willing to pledge to that tier for me. And I really hope that you guys are enjoying um, the stuff that I'm putting out because you are both helping me continue to be able to do this. I want to give another huge shout out to my Colonel tier patrons, 1999 Jeep Cherokee, Carter was here, Tall Step YT, Mr. Envious, Ripley, and Otto Von Betis. Thank you guys so much. I really, really, really cannot stress that enough. You guys are all amazing at helping me being able to do this like I'm doing it. Uh, and then the final thank yous go out to my lieutenants, Thailand and Triple X 22097. All of my patrons, if you guys are listening to this, I cannot express my gratitude enough that you guys are willing to support me like this. It absolutely blows me away. And I can't wait to keep doing this. So, thank you. Thank you. If any of you listening right now want to become a patron, the link will be down below in the link tree. So, until then, remember, stay dug in and keep your heads low. I will see you guys next time. Thank you for coming. And, yeah.